Good evening, and thank you for joining us in worship today here in our worship space and those of you that are worshiping with us via Zoom. I invite you to pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Dear God, as we approach this season, um, this ho these holiday seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas, we we pause and we exhale and we say thank you for all of the blessings in our life. Um, this prayer is just an example of the many ways in which you have poured out your blessings upon us. And we stand blessed, but we also stand aware that there are so many other people who are not as fortunate as we are. So we pray that you will use us to be your hands and your feet and your mouthpieces in this world. In Christ's name, amen. So deep down inside, I, I have this desire. I don't know if I have the gift, but I have this desire to be a stand-up com comedian. So I try some of my jokes on y'all, and some of them fly, some of them really don't fly. But here's what I'm working on. One Sunday, I was running behind in, uh, while shaving my head, and I was so focused on my sermon that I nicked my head really badly and I had to put two band-aids on the top of my head. So I ran to church and I preached, uh, let's say a very long sermon, like 40 minutes. And after the sermon, I stood at the back door and I greeted people as they were leaving. And this one lady said to me, she said, Pastor, what happened to your head? And I said, you know, I was, um, focused on my sermon as I was shaving and I nicked my head and that's why I have the band-aids on there. She said, can I give you a piece of advice? And I said, sure. She said, next time you're shaving your head, I want you to focus on shaving and cut your sermon. <laughs> Well, maybe a rollover. <laughs> Last week we began this first of two-part message about sharing some of the background in the book of Numbers. And we looked at some of the book's content and then we began to examine this priestly prayer uh, and this priestly prayer of benediction recorded in Numbers chapter 6. And we started by studying some of the possible meanings of the opening clause of this priestly prayer. The Lord bless and keep you. That's where we started, the Lord. And here we looked at how this use of the name of God can be both abused and used uh, properly. In the text, they were encouraged to use the name of God in a certain way. But often in our time today, the name of God, Yahweh, Jesus' name, is often abused. And then we looked at bless, the Hebrew word barak, which means to adore on bended knees, to give something value or make someone else feel valuable. This word historically is attributed to God or the divine being, and the divine being is often the one that is adored or valued, but in this particular prayer, it is God who is adoring and valuing humankind. Some of the observations of blessing in scripture don't, um, that God doesn't bless at someone else's expense. God never blesses me at your expense. 
I, I have this humorous, and this is a real story. This is not my attempt to make up a joke. But there was a member of a church that I serve in. I won't even say which state it was in. But one day she came into my office and she said, Pastor, God just blessed me with this house. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old house, so I have to do some remodeling. And, I, and it's going to cost me so much money. And then the next week she came in and she said, God really blessed me, Pastor. The house caught on fire and the insurance company is going to pay for all the remodeling. Now, I'm not an insurance investigator. <laughs> But something sounded kind of fishy there. You know, God doesn't bless me at someone else's expense. God doesn't take a blessing from Emily in order to give it to me. There's enough blessing to go around. And so we talk about how God blesses. And, and the word keep, the Hebrew word used is shema, which means to guard and to protect and to be in charge of. Scripture speaks repeatedly of God keeping us. And remember, I referenced a verse in Psalm 91 that the devil quoted to Jesus when the devil was tempting Jesus, saying, Behold, you will give your angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, and you won't dash your foot against the stones. But the Lord promises blessings, and the Lord is not only the one that promises the blessings in this prayer, but the Lord is also the one who is responsible for keeping the promise of the blessings. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That's the second part of this prayer, and that's what we'll be looking at today. The second clause, the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the grace of the Lord is one interpretation of this phrase says, be revealed to you. May the grace of the Lord be shown to you. May the grace of the Lord be demonstrated to you and the Lord's face be lifted up and give you true peace. The second blessing is, is kind of wrapped up in all kind of ordinary language, the face and the shining and the lifting up and giving you peace. The Lord's face shine upon you. I'm reading a book entitled The Science of On-Camera Acting. And the writer in the first chapter of the book says he studies the human face and he said there's nothing more fascinating than the human face. When, when we look at our faces and what our faces actually does, other animals use the sense of smell to determine, distinguish one from another. But the human face is our primary system for identifying and how we tell one person from another person. And there are even, dis or there are even distinguishing features in identical twins. Sometimes it takes a while to pick up on them, but there are even distinguishing features in identical twins when you look at the face. Look at the variation of facial, fa uh, facial features and the location and the shape that our faces are in and the different looks on our faces. The face is amazingly complicated and it's also an amazingly demanding system. Our face, have you ever taken time to pay attention to your face? I know we pay attention to other people's face, but faces, but have you taken time to pay attention to your face? 
Today's facial recognition is a type of computer vision, a software that uses kind of these optical input to analyze the images of faces. In fact, I did an audition several um, months ago because facial recognition can be skewed based on the algorithms that they're using and sometimes they just lump all black people into one category and so someone was telling me you have to have the certain um, algorithm being working on your favor so that you're not pulled up in some FBI search because they've lumped all black men into one category. And so this facial recognition technology, it's, it's, it supports things like face identification and grouping and verification. Some of us probably used it today. I used it just a few moments ago when I was logging onto my iPad. The identification, I looked it up, it saw my face and opened up the page that I wanted to do. We do it with our iPads, we do it with our iPhones, but as I mentioned, facial recognition software have been proving to be racially biased based on who trains the algorithms that are used. And as a result, they have no way, they don't have a way to distinguish the different features, different shades of even black people. And they recognize white faces a lot easier than African-American faces. But your face, our face, tells it all. And that's the title of a book written many years ago. And it suggests that our faces can reveal our character. Our faces can reveal our disposition, our faces can reveal our abilities, a person's mood, a person's emotions, and even a person's thoughts can be shown on there. I, I am probably the least poker face faced person. You know what I'm thinking. <laughs> and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you. What does it mean to have one's face shine. The Hebrew word is the same word as light. So one of the ways this phrase could be understood is to, to contrast it with the opposite of hiding one's face. Let one's face shine upon you will contrast with hiding one's face. For example, the psalmist writes in Psalm 27 verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not hide your face from me. After David had committed that horrific sin against Bathsheba and, 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 and Uriah and the children of Israel and the army of Israel and even against God, David said, hide not your face from me, dear God. Psalm 27, the hiding of the face is associated with anger. The hiding of the face is associated with punishment, and the hiding of the face is associated with abandonment. Hiding one's face removes one's presence while revealing or shining of one's face engages in open relationship and open companionship. Hide your face. Have you ever played peekaboo? We were at a, a birthday party, Rebecca's nephew's second birthday party this weekend, and I saw him playing peekaboo with his grandma, his yaya, and his grandpa. And he was going peekaboo, hiding his face, hiding his face, and then revealing his face. The Lord's presence is shown when the Lord reveals God's face. So to illumine, to shine. 
the Lord's face upon us means to make the Lord's presence known. To make the Lord's presence known. To dwell with us in the presence of God. To engage in this genuine relationship with the divine. If hiding one's face in the Hebrew is the way of saying you abandon someone or you forsake someone or you're angry with someone, then to illume one's face is to dwell with someone, is to engage with someone, it's to be at peace with someone. Let God's face shine upon us. So the shining of the Lord's face, that is, the Lord's presence. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. Have you ever, have you ever been in the presence of people that just light up a room? Have you, have you ever been around someone like that? That, that their presence just filled the space just lights up the room. And, and here in this, in this prayer, we're learning this twofold truth about the Lord's presence. It's not something anyone can demand. You know, come here, God. Do this, God. Open this door, God. Make this way, God. Bless me, God. The presence of God is not something that anyone can demand. It's something that God shares with us out of grace. The Lord's presence known to humankind really displays the Lord's grace. Lord's face shine upon you. Shine upon you. The eternal, sovereign, almighty God shine upon you. Presence be known with you. What is more, the Lord should even desire such an arrangement really baffles my mind you know that the divine would want to be in relationship with us and to to have presence with us that the lord would want to dwell with us it really baffles my mind maybe it's something that you you can just say oh of course you you just don't know me why wouldn't god want to be around me but it baffles my mind to think that that emmanuel god with us that that could even happen the word used in the text for face can also be used to mean presence or the wholeness of being have you ever been with someone and and you're engaged in conversation with them and their body is there but you know their mind isn't there. They're, they're way off somewhere else. And, and that's not a negative. They may have the worries of the world on their mind and situations and businesses that they're selling or businesses that they're buying, situations in their home, difficulties with their family. But their body is there. But their mind isn't there. And this, this sense of God's wholeness of being, that God's entire presence is dwelling with us. When I was in... Um, seminary and I did what they call the, the CPE, clinical pastoral education, my supervisor would talk to me about um, the ministry of presence. But she also said, you know, you can be physically there but not emotionally there. 
I can be in the room and the person could be talking to me about a horrific loss in their life. I'm physically there. She said, but when you really are engaging with someone, you're both physically and emotionally there. The, the, the ministry of presence, the Lord's face, the Lord's thoughts, the Lord's presence, and the wholeness of the Lord bring to you and shine upon you. That's what this, the writer is saying. The people will be blessed with the whole presence. In human terms, we would say body, soul, mind, and spirit. But the whole presence of the divine. I, I don't even know if I could handle that. <laughs> I don't even know if I can handle it. But the very fact that that is being offered is just... I stand in awe of that. That scripture would, that, that the divine would offer that to us. The lifting up of the Lord's face, countenance is a sign and pledge that the Lord has peace towards us. The message Bible reads this way. May God smile on us and may God gift us. In other words, as a result of being in the presence of God, our face will reflect God's glory. The glory of God will saturate us so that when people encounter you and me, they will experience a sense of the presence of God. Now that's powerful. That someone can experience God's presence through you and me. And that happens daily. In, in the classroom, in the boardrooms, when we're doing burrito ministry, people are experiencing a real sense of the presence of God through us. Through us. The little kid was saying the Lord's Prayer once, and he said, Our Father who art in heaven, and, and he said, You know, sometimes I want a God that I can see. Now, I don't know that that makes us gods, but when we act in Christ-like ways, people see God in us. See the love of God in and through us, the presence of God in and through us. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, have you ever been around a person like that? Their very presence lights up the room. They walk in the room and the room lights up. It's almost the party can start now. They light up the room. And I, I know, you know, being an ambivert, you know what an ambivert is? It's, a, it's an introvert that can operate in an extrovert world. So my primary way of functioning is an introvert, but I forced to function as an extrovert in an extrovert world. So somebody came up with this word ambivert or something. And so I know that that requires a lot of energy to walk in a room. And I know that our body is just full of energy. And there are times when I, because there's so many people and so many things pulling on me, I could feel the energy going out of my body. And so I know that requires a lot of energy to walk in a room and then light it up and then give off all that energy to other people. But there are times when your very presence in someone's life, and I hope my very presence in someone's life can help redirect them from the negative thoughts or give them a sense of hope. Give them a sense of hope. 
There are people like that. They're very present. They walk into a room and they light up the room. And this seems to be the promise that God is making in this prayer, in this benediction. The Lord calls the Lord's face, thoughts, existence, and the wholeness to shine. Shine on me. Shine on me, let the light from the lighthouse shine on me, shine on me, let it shine. To the people of God. And let Lord's face shine upon you. And let the Lord grant you peace. I don't know what you're going through. And I've said this multiple times. And I really don't need to know what you're going through. Because the truth is I can't solve what you're going through. But I pray that in whatever situation you find yourself, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but at this very moment, that you experience a sense of God's face shining on you, offering you light, offering you hope, offering you a future. For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. The Message Bible says it this way and I close. May God look you fully in the face and fill you with hope. Amen.